In the second reading tonight, St. Paul gives us a really beautiful big picture reminder of the, just the mystery and the wonder of Christmas, that, that Jesus Christ is truly man, as he, as he puts it, descended from David according to the flesh, which means he's able to relate to us in, in a way where sharing fully in our humanity in all things but sin, we, we could really truly say that he, he understands us and knows us, not from the outside, but, but from within our, our very human life. And at the same time, St. Paul reminds us that he is also the Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness through which he was raised from the dead. And so he is in his humanity able to relate to us. He, he knows what, what we go through. But because he's God, he's able to do something about it. And this is the whole beauty of Christ our Savior. It's what makes our Christian faith so utterly different than, than any other world religion. Um, just, it, and so that's the beauty of it here. Um, as we're looking ahead to Christmas, this is what we're praying is, Lord, comfort us uh, in your humanity. Remind us that you know what we're going through, but in your power as God, come and, and help us and save us. Now, a lot of people would say, well, I, I hear that, but I've never, I, I've never known Jesus to really be at work in my life. Or I, I've, I've longed to experience him in that way, but I, I, it's always like out there, and it doesn't seem like it works for me. On this fourth Sunday of Advent, um, we, we get a, a one final really beautiful push from the Lord where it's in the, the, the responsorial psalm today. In order to experience that, that, that twofold beauty of the Lord who comes in the flesh but with power as God, we have to let him in. As we prayed in the responsorial psalm, let him enter. We, we've got to let him into just the, the stuff of our daily life if there's going to be any possibility for us to experience his work as our Savior. But that's where a lot of people... They don't do that, but, but then say, yeah, but this, this Christianity thing, it just doesn't work. It doesn't do anything for me. I, I was thinking about this and in a really odd way. It reminds me way, way, way ago when I was in college and I was working on my computer science degree. I worked uh, in, on campus in, uh, the, just in all the whole computer operation stuff they had at UMBC. Part of the job also included just helping staff a help desk out there, and this was years and years ago, but at the time we had systems that other non-computer science majors needed to make use of. So like all of the, the psychology students always had to come down one semester and learn how to do all the stat stuff online and how to run data and all of that. And so there were a lot of times where someone uh, would sit down in front of one of the computers and then they would come up to the help desk and say, well, it's, it's, it's broken, doesn't work. My teacher gave me, this is the list of things, this is, these are the steps I'm supposed to do, and none of it works. And they were usually frustrated, and they were angry. It doesn't work. And so it happened all the time, every semester. Walk down to whatever terminal they were at and say, okay, well, let's see. Let me, let me start by turning it on. 
And then let's see if those other steps that your teacher gave uh, works. And I feel like there, there, there are a lot of Christians who say, well, I've never known the power of Jesus. And maybe it's because like that really simple first basic step, letting him into your life enough that he can have room to work, maybe that hasn't actually happened. And here's why I'm thinking about that, because in the readings tonight, we have in St. Joseph this really beautiful example of one who is willing to engage God and, and to wrestle with him and let him into the stuff that he was afraid of. And in that, he experienced God's power at work. We have an example in the first reading of exactly the opposite with Ahaz in the reading from the prophet Isaiah. Let me start with that one. Uh, the context of the first reading, we, we hear it and we know well the promise the Lord makes. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. The historical context of, of this is Ahaz is the king and there are nations rising up around the southern kingdom of Judah, uh, southern Israel that he was king of. There were the Egyptians, there were the Assyrians, there were other armies, and he is scared to death. How on earth is Israel going to withstand any one of these foreign armies marching against them? So what he started to think about was this. He said, you know what? The only way that we're going to be saved is if we make allies with a foreign nation, maybe with the Assyrians against the Egyptians, and the Lord came to the king and he said, don't do that. I promise you that I'm going to save you, but you've got to trust me enough to not make a treaty with a foreign army and put more trust in that foreign army than you do in me. Now, at, the, at this point where the reading picks up for us tonight, Ahaz has pretty much already decided that he's going to throw in Israel's lot with a foreign army to save them. And so the Lord sends Isaiah and says, look, ask for a sign. Don't be afraid to say, Lord, show me that you're good for this. But Ahaz answers, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. If you don't know the context, it sounds like a very pious thing to say, like, oh, far be it from me to put the Lord my God to the test. Well, that would just be wrong. But it's not pious at all. The fact is, he will not let God into his fear. He's deeply afraid that under his kingship, the nation is going to be crushed. And he's so fearful of it that we're told verses before this that the heart of the king and all of the people trembled like the branches of trees in the wind. Like you've felt that kind of fear before. You know what that's like. Well, that's the heart of the king. But he won't let God into it. Instead, he keeps the Lord at bay and feigns this kind of piety. Oh, no, I could never ask God to show a sign, no. And all the while, the Lord knows his heart. He's already decided we're going to throw in our lot with a foreign army. So he's not going to be willing to wrestle in those fears with the Lord. And so he doesn't let the Lord enter. He doesn't do what we sang in the responsorial psalm. Now, Joseph is exactly the opposite. What a good man. Joseph, betrothed to Mary, we know the whole story. He comes to find out that she is with child, 
And we're told that initially what he really believes is best is that he would just end the betrothal in order to spare Mary any public shame. Now, in the Gospel, it says, such was his intention when the angel of the Lord appeared to him. A, a be, the, really, the better translation is, is that um, as Joseph was pondering this, because the, the, the verb in Greek is it's one of those tenses where it's like, this is an ongoing thing, he's digging into it. As he wrestled with this, as he pondered this, as he discerned what to do, like the whole idea is Joseph really dug into this and he let the Lord into it and he was sincere and the Lord came to his help and, and gave him that, that really clear command after Joseph was thinking, I, you know, I think what's best is spare Mary the shame, we'll break it off. The Lord comes to him by way of the angel in the dream. But Joseph showed a willingness to let God into the fear. And so when the angel appears to him, he says to him very simply, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to do what you were going to plan on doing beforehand. Stick with the plan. Keep Mary as your betrothed. Welcome her as your bride. Take her into your home. Don't be afraid to do that. But what's beautiful is it's at some level, in the midst of his wrestling, Joseph allowed the Lord into that. So Joseph did what we sang in the responsorial psalm, let the Lord enter. He let him into it. So it's the last Sunday of Advent. We, we have just, you know, a, not even a week anymore before we really get to Christmas Eve. And so the Lord is saying to you, let me enter. Let me into this. If you want to know that I'm your Savior, let me into the stuff that you're worried about. Let me into the stuff that you're afraid of. Let me into the stuff that you are desperately trying to hold on to and control on your own. Let me in. A lot of us don't do that, though. We're afraid. Last Sunday, at, on our, our Sunday evening uh, Advent devotional night for Rejoice, we prayed through a, a really beautiful litany of waiting. And in the litany, it touched on a number of the things that, that we're afraid of in terms of really waiting on the Lord and, and, and I'll stretch it out in light of tonight's readings and say things that we're afraid of uh, in terms of letting the Lord enter in. Which of these fears is the one that keeps you from letting the Lord enter in? To whatever that stuff is in your life where the Lord says, that's the place I want to show you I'm your Savior, but you're not letting him in because of. So here are some of the fears that, that we prayed through last week that I think apply, that we need to let the Lord deal with these, these particular fears. So the, the fear of uncertainty. Lord, if I let you in, what, what then? What will you do? The fear of failure. Well, Lord, what if I let you in, but I let you down? What if I say yes to you, but I don't do it perfectly? Then you're going to be disappointed with me, or what? Then, then what? Um, the fear of change. 
Lord, if I let you in, I know that you're going to change things, and I'm, I'm just not ready for that. And that might be some of you, that your biggest fear is you just don't want your life to change from, from what you have chosen and, and set out to do. The fear that the promises the Lord makes will not come true. If I let you in, Lord, and you say that you're going to be there to help me, what if you're not? For some of you, that may be a very real fear, that you just are afraid that God is not good enough to follow up on his word to you. The fear that his grace will not be sufficient. Lord, if I let you in, I believe that you love me, but is your grace really going to be sufficient to provide for whatever needs I have when I let you in? The fear, Lord, that your will is not for my good. This is huge. And I think there are probably some hearts that are wounded in this area. The fear, Lord, that your will is not really for my good. Um, this is the lie that Adam and Eve believed. Right? They, they believed that God's purpose for them was not really good. That the devil got them to believe that. And so they chose not to trust the Father. And then the fear, Lord, that your plans will not fulfill the desires of my heart. Lord, if I say yes to you, I'm afraid that I'm still going to be left with a restless, wanting heart. I don't know if you really know what I most deeply desire and need and that you're going to provide for it. Well, lots of our young adults, this is the one where you have this massive kind of big decision tree moment in your life where you can really kind of leave more room for the Lord or you can do your own thing. And for a lot of people, it's like, you know what, Lord, I just, I, I'm afraid that, it, that if I go with you, when it's all said and done, I'm not, I'm not really going to be happy and fulfilled. Those are a number of different fears. Um, which is the one? Which fear is the one that's keeping you from letting the Lord enter? Which is the fear that has you sounding more like Ahaz than Joseph? Oh, Lord, no, really, honestly. I, far be it from me to, to ask you to come in and do something great for me. No, I, no. Meanwhile, what's really ruling over us is that fear. Which, which of the fears here is the one that God most needs to work on? This last week of Advent, let's, let's bring this stuff to him. Let's ask St. Joseph to pray for us that whatever fear it might be, that we would come to know what it is, that we would not be afraid to wrestle in that with the Lord and like Joseph experienced, to be able to, to let the Lord into it enough where he can say, I know what you're afraid of, but I'm going to be with you, but I need you to trust me. These are the things that lead to us being in a place where we can say, you know what, I, I, I don't just know that because someone else told me that Jesus can save me. I've experienced it because I wasn't afraid to wrestle with the scary stuff with him to let him show me that he loves me enough and has the power as God to come and to save me.